cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello again, and thank you so much for joining me once again for Vacation Rental Success. It's a pleasure to be back in Ontario, actually, to uh, to be back in my office, to have full Wi-Fi. I can't, uh, I can't believe how much, no, yeah, I do actually believe how much I do rely on robust internet connections. Uh, after being away for seven or eight weeks, and and having to having to rely on the connections which which were iffy at best and and mostly non-existent um so uh, so yeah it's great it's great to be home i i love that fact that i i love being away i love being on the road uh we had a terrific trip um went to some great places we went to um oh yeah we we explored parts of Arkansas I'd never seen before. And my goodness, that's beautiful in that area. Uh, went to New Orleans for the Vacation Rental Managers Association Conference, which was um, an absolute pleasure to be there. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that in uh, in, in today's episode. And then uh, finalized the last two weeks at uh, Gulf State Park in Alabama, which is it's always interesting to go there because you're in and amongst just thousands and thousands of vacation rentals. Every property along, you know, right the way along the coast is a vacation rental property. It's really interesting to see just so thousands and thousands of them. And to see to see some of these enormous companies you know, like Kaiser Realty, which is a big vacation rental company down there, with this amazing office building. Um, and then I think, you know, I run my little company out of my, my house as, as many small property management companies, you know, are run out of, um, out of people's basements and, and then seeing these, these very flashy, uh, office buildings and thinking that, uh, yeah, I actually don't want to be there. I really like being in my office and, you know, being able to pop upstairs to my kitchen to make a cup of tea or to have lunch, and uh, yeah, I've it's it's been a long time since I actually went out to work. Um, just popping downstairs to work is much better. So what I was saying is, it was great to be away, but it's equally as as fun to get home and get back into the swing of things. Having said that, two weeks today I will be jetting off to Exuma. On the first, um, this is the first part of our uh, Exuma build. And we're going to spend a week talking to architects, building contractors, uh, walking the land with these people so we can get some, some idea of, um, of, of what this property is going to be like, how it fits in with the environment, because this is something that I, I'm, I really want to... Um, to concentrate on I, I don't want to build something that's out of character with the area so I want something that's quintessentially Bahamian um, if there is such a thing and and that's that's one of the things I want to find out you know what are 
what are the architectural norms for for the out islands of the Bahamas? I want something that's really Caribbean. But of course, you know, this is being built as a vacation rental. Uh, I guess, you know, some, some, one of these days I'm going to retire and I might just use it as a retirement home for, for, for parts of the year. But for the first, uh, let's say, at least six or seven years, it's going to be 100% vacation rental. So I'm building it with that in mind. So, so this is going to be a really interesting trip, and I am documenting it from the very, the very start. You know, I mean, as we're out there this time, I'm going to be starting to build my uh, the, the images for my website and for uh, for, for the uh, YouTube channel that we're going to be starting way before the um, the, the property is completed because I want to create this buzz long before the property is finished. So watch this space. We'll be uh, we'll be getting that out to you as as soon as I get back from Exuma in a couple of weeks' time. Okay, so massive news this past week um, with HomeAway being acquired by Expedia. Uh, I know there's uh, there's a lot of um, uh, I's to dot and T's to cross before it's all completely finalised, and I've sort of seen these little rumblings about. That the the fact that the share price shot up after after this was announced and and it created a higher valuation and did that mean that other companies were going to be jumping in and um, counter bidding, you know perhaps even Airbnb, um, you know that that's a lot of speculation and and it was just interesting to read but I I honestly think that uh, that the, the the deal is done between. HomeAway and Expedia, and and no doubt due diligence is probably ninety percent done, but uh, maybe a little bit more to, uh, to to be completed. But I'm pretty sure that um, by January we're going to see this this transition in whatever way or shape it comes about, and and of course it's going to impact people. Of course it is. It's going to impact us. It's it's change, and. We have to adapt to that change, regardless of how much you want to put the brakes on and just leave everything as it was. But I don't think anybody's been particularly happy with the way that um, that HomeAway has been going over the last year or two. Whether that unhappiness is going to increase or de- decrease, we shall we shall just have to wait and see. But I thought that this was the best time to sit down with my friend Matt Landau and and discuss this amongst many other issues. And of course Matt and I had a the the it was a great opportunity to sit down with Matt in New Orleans and and talk about a whole bunch of stuff and and go out to dinner with members of the uh, Matt's inner circle. It was um it was just great meeting of minds. So we we've had a really good discussion recently. But of course all this has transpired since New Orleans. So um so, yep, it was definitely time to get Matt back on to vacation rental success and uh, and just see what his thoughts are. And, you know, he, and I know he's been out there and and posted a blog post all about this. So I'm going to be asking him about that, as well as about his recent post on Airbnb, which couldn't have been more timely as well. Uh, you know, Airbnb really wanting to get into the whole home rental market and and how they're doing it and. It's very interesting, um, Matt's take on this 
and about how perhaps we should all be doing similar surveys to what uh, to what Airbnb did. Um, so without further ado, let's let's jump on over to that interview. Matt, it's great to talk to you again. It's oh gosh, how many weeks is it since New Orleans? About two weeks. Yeah, it feels like a lifetime. I know, I know, and it but it was such a great three days, and in fact. When I was talking about it to somebody the other day and, and I you know, said went to the VRMA conference and met up with Matt and met up with so many people from the inner circle and we went out to dinner and we did this, we did that. And somebody said, did you actually go to the conference? <laughs> um, so uh, I, actually, yes, I, I, I did. And I spent far too much time in the in the vendor showcase. Um, but that's where all the really cool people were hanging out. So, um, so yeah, it was a great conference, but the highlight of it was being able to sit down with you and with, with so many others, um, uh, with so, so many other inner circle members and just talk about stuff face to face. So you must've had a great time there too. Yeah, I did. Thanks for those kind words. I feel the exact same way. And I think the, the vacation rental industry um, is a little bit unique in that because we're all working by ourselves, we're all working in our home offices or in our houses or in our you know isolated uh, cabins, and we don't have really that camaraderie, that 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 office environment that is actually a, quite a good thing in a lot of ways. Those kind of events, like the the VRMA, really give you an opportunity not just to put faces with names and and hang out with people, but also just really get inspired. I think I left with a lot of really good new ideas and a much better understanding of what owners and managers are facing these days. Well, you and I spent some time, you know, talking about the the, the whole concept of, of face-to-face meetings. And, and certainly what I got out of that that whole three days was, you know, far more of the meetings in the corridors and and the hallways and at um, at break times although i have to say there were, you know there, there were a number of sessions um that were delivered by some really really good people um that uh, that that gave me a ton of ideas to uh, uh, to take home as well so you know i don't want to set aside the value of some of the training sessions that were there but uh, in that discussion we had, I know we explored some, some ideas that, uh, that will no doubt come to fruition over the next few months. Yeah, I'm excited to share those. And I, I'm totally with you uh, on the sort of educational components of these kinds of events. It's, it's really, um, especially when they're thoughtfully put together and you have people who have experienced um, one particular niche in the industry far more than you have, it's, it's quite a wonderful thing to just pick their brains and solve questions that you've been wondering about or use tools or services that you haven't been so sure about adopting. Um, it's a great type of thing, and I look forward to it. Uh, it's one of those things that, like, I always put off a little bit going to conferences, but when I leave, I'm always like, wow, i got to go and do that again because it was so valuable. Yeah, I mean, I'll just give you, you know, one example of, of what I took away. There was, um, and, and I, will, I will put a link to this, uh, this lady's name and her company because it, it's, it's not front of mind at the moment. But she was uh, she was talking about PR, and she was really talking about why the press release is now dead, and mm. and how to pitch to journalists, and mm. and that was really eye opening. It was, um, you know, I came away from that session with with so much. But as you say, that that somebody 
that is immersed in their own niche. And that is, you know, her niche is public relations and, and you know, getting these connections. It wasn't just another property manager who might have connected with a journalist right. at some point in the past. Um, and I would it, encourage people, if you have the opportunity, go to a, a marketing you know, conference. If you have the opportunity, go to a sales conference or a photography conference or you know, a podcast conference like you have had such success with. It doesn't have to be in the vacation rental space. You could, you could be there representing our entire industry. Chances are you're one of the only people who are in vacation rentals that are at the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that called, the podcast? Uh, the podcast movement. Movement, yeah. So, yeah, definitely take a lot away from that. Yeah, indeed. So, lots and lots has happened in the past two weeks. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I go, I go back to uh, to the uh, VRMB, your blog, and and there was there was a great post about uh, um, Airbnb, and then immediately on the heels of that comes the news from um, HomeAway and Expedia. So do you want to just give me a, a brief update on, you know, how, how your last t- week has been with all this news <laughs> and stuff going yeah. on? Yeah, I mean, I think I can speak for a lot of owners and managers in that uh, this past week was one of the craziest, I think, in the history of my vacation rental career. Um, all, all this stuff that's happening all at once, you feel like it's almost like this boost of adrenaline that you need to really take things into your own hands and begin doing all those things that you've been talking about. Um, the Airbnb post, um, I had the opportunity to speak with Airbnb's new head of vacation rentals, global head of vacation rentals, a guy named Sean, who was really nice. And over the conversation, I was taking copious notes. Um, I learned about how they are entering the vacation rental market. And at the end of the conversation, I'm sorry, there's a bird right outside my, uh, my office screaming. Can you hear that? I can hear it. But, but yeah. you know, I mean, having said it's a bird, it's, I've got an entirely different perception of it now. <laughs> you know, I thought, you're, you know, you're talking to me and you're scratching on a, on a white bar on a blackboard with some chalk. No, no, no. I would go yell at him, but he's, he's way, way uh, I don't know. All good. So, um. The way Airbnb is entering this market, I began taking notes. And at the end, I said, Sean, like the way that you have explained this to me is so methodical and so thoughtful um, that I would love to be able to share this with more people who, are, who would devour this kind of information. Would it be okay to share? And Sean gave me the green light to share basically my notes from our conversation. It's 16 steps that they have followed uh, very scientifically to enter the vacation rental space. Um, and... The cool part is that it doesn't exist anywhere else online. Sean was very nice in giving me kind of like the exclusive, and that was the first type of like exclusive in- industry information that I've ever published. So it was a new kind of subject matter for me, uh, which I enjoyed. It was definitely different than the normal blog post. Um, but just to kind of summarize, they had a, three, a three-step uh, process that was comprised of a number of different mini-steps, which is why I said 16. Uh, basically began with them surveying everyone that they could get their hands on in the vacation rental world and saying, what are some reasons you don't use Airbnb? And that's a very vulnerable position to put yourself in uh, for, as a gigantic company, but they obviously knew something that uh, what was going to happen next. And that was basically digesting that list of items, the reasons why people were not using Airbnb, such as cancellation policies are too lenient. Uh, cleaning ca- uh, the cleaning fee c- 
cap is too low. You don't connect to my PM software. Uh, you don't support dynamic pricing. You don't send the booking funds until after arrival. All these things that were characteristic of Airbnb hosts uh, in the past who are uh, very different from vacation rental hosts in their DNA. Uh, and then the third, st- the third step, as Sean very brazenly said, was get to work. We got to go and begin checking off that list. Items that we were not able to cover uh, previously and that now we will be able to offer to each of these individuals. So they kind of reverse engineered it. And I thought it was cool just because any owner or manager can use that exact same reverse engineering sort of evolutionary process to begin tapping new markets for new properties. If you're a property manager, you go to all the property owners, you say, what are some things that these property managers out here are not offering? What are some reasons you would not use us? If you're a property owner, you can go to new travelers and you say, what are some reasons you chose not to stay at our property this time? Um, That whole feedback loop can be incredibly powerful because it's almost like a blueprint. It gives you a roadmap of where you're going next. And if you continue with that that mentality, you basically build this like bulletproof product or service that basically no one has anything negative to say about simply because you've A, eliminated all of that friction and B, involved them in the process. So I think everyone who read that Airbnb post was pretty impressed with the, um, the open way that they're going about entering this market. Uh, and then, of course, on the heels of that presentation was this gigantic game-changing news that HomeAway got bought up by uh, Expedia for $3.9 billion, with a B, dollars. And that was, I think crazy to a lot of people and frustrating to a lot of people. And uh, I saw a lot of very, very um, heated conversations on the forums and LinkedIn and all this kind of stuff. Um, but what I think everyone can agree is that it has very much shifted the, the terms of the playing field. And if there was ever a time to begin looking at other options for your uh, bookings, now is it. And for that reason, I think it's going to be a good thing for the vacation rental space. No longer is that golden goose delivering you leads, you know, day after day or year after year. Now it's in the hands of a much bigger company that does things a different way. And we've always said, Heather, you and I talk about it all the time. We've always posed that theoretical question. What happens if your favorite listing site disappears tomorrow? (laughs) And it's not just an exaggeration. Like for a lot of people, HomeAway will be disappearing from their business simply because all these new add-ons that Expedia will be throwing in and all this new way of booking, et cetera. Um, So I think it's a good exercise to walk yourself through on a regular basis. What would I do if my golden goose booking source was to be, you know, eliminated tomorrow? And it puts you in all of a sudden a proactive kind of fight or flight um, situation. And one of my favorite comments on the post from um, HomeAway was someone who said, you know, I know I've been needing to do all these things. I was kind of putting them off just because I was happy enough with my existing bookings. Um, But this was just the kick in the butt that I needed to get started. Um, I'm a little bit nervous, but the nerves are good. That's a good thing for your vacation rental business. And frankly, if you're too comfortable, um, you should probably have some alarms going off. Well, what I I I think... I, I saw so many you know, knee-jerk reactions, which which you will always get to to any form of of change. You know, this is awful. It's dreadful. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, and it was interesting that on the <clears throat> on the same day, I I was 
uh, or a couple of days later, I saw a post on T News, which had a video of uh, Brian Chesky, um, uh, CEO of Airbnb, uh, at the Fortune Global Forum, and the the the, uh, the interviewer was just she, she she just kicked off by you know saying that he was the token disruptor at the, at the forum, and um, he he just went on to say that talking about being a disruptor that change in technology change always happens well we know that um but disruption often suggests to people that for someone to win everybody else has to lose and and i think that's where these knee jerk reactions come in uh, and he, then he went on to say and just that basically everyone has to continue to change and adapt um this is the nature of technology these days and and it got me thinking back to when I started in this industry, which was at the time before, I hate to say this, before computers. <laughs> <laughs> back when they had horses and carriage? <laughs> Definitely not that long ago, but not, not far off. <laughs> um, but, you know, when our, all our properties were advertised in on, on paper, in paper publications, and... And and here we are in a, in an entirely different world. So change is not is not just happening today; it's always happened, and we will learn, we will adapt, we'll change. Um, but I, I I was interested with your point that you made in that blog post that the only thing holding us back is fear, and that is, and you mentioned fear of technology, fear of change, fear of the unknown. Um, and and how natural those reactions are. So I think, you know, just taking that time to step away for a couple of weeks and and let it all die down and really think about how it's going to impact us is probably a good thing for people. And I, I know you are approaching it now with with that in mind that now everybody's had a chance to um, to let it all percolate and really think about what the impact is and and the fact that those who have been sitting on the fence about making che- making their own changes really now have to step up to the plate and 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 do something if if they want to yeah one of the one of the most um sort of iconic things that i heard over that weekend in new orleans was an individual who um he said you know my job as a vacation rental owner is to be constantly seeking new opportunities, to be constantly testing new tools, new services, to be inquisitive, to be, in a word, fearless. And I don't think that necessarily means you have to be an expert at technology. I don't think that needs to mean that you need to, um, you know, spend a bunch of money and outsource all these things to, to professionals. But that general mindset of I've got to adapt, I've got to give my property its best chance at success as possible, I'm not going to let any of these uh, shifts dictate the way I run my business. And it's something we talk about on the blog and in the inner circle all the time is how do you utilize all of these new tools and, and, and services to generate more branding, more recognition, more awareness about your vacation rental and bring back every inquiry, every booking, every guest that stayed to your own home base. And if you're able to do that, if you're constantly seeking new options, if you're using the listing site that's hot at the moment, 
and you're totally comfortable the moment it's cut off because you know you've got a couple other ones in line. If you're constantly testing out uh, newsletter tactics, if you're constantly um, trying to acquire every guest's email address so that you can put them into your nurturing sequence and send them out, um, you know, happy holiday cards. If you're doing all these things and in your own court, you don't really get freaked out by these massive changes nearly as much as someone who has no other stability. Uh, and I think it's a very natural reaction for someone to be angry that this change is taking place. But if you really look at, at whose responsibility it is to take control of these things, it's yours. And I think there's going to be a lot of people, Heather, over the next coming years who started off in the vacation rental space because it was such an easy, uh, because there was so little friction and you could get started and begin generating bookings immediately as competition arises, as these larger platforms begin to shift in what they look like. Um, I think what's going to begin breeding is a, a new type of owner or manager who is just kind of like I just described, a little bit fearless, is willing to take risks, is willing to try new tactics. And again, there are people who have zero marketing experience, zero business experience, who are kicking butt simply because they've got that mentality. And because it's so early in the game, they've made massive strides ahead of any kind of competition. And as you know, when you get ahead in a small niche market, it's very hard to, you know, to lose that, that hold if you're doing all the little things right. Yeah, I, I found it interesting. Interesting. Something you said um, in a in a post, and I was just having a quick look for it. Uh, can't find it, but but you, I believe you said that people have they have the choices to make, and that it could be that for some the choice is to get out of the business altogether. Yeah, yeah. I said you have three choices when when we're faced with this kind of disruption. The, the first choice is to continue using those listing sites as you always have, but to be fully aware that things are changing. And guess what? You might not be getting the same take at the end of the day as you did 10 years ago. You might not be able to access the guest email address. You might not be able to vet a review that's posted on your, on your listing site page. Those are just some of the rules that, that come with that territory, and you have to be okay with that. The second option is to say, you know what? This is just the wake-up call I needed. I'm going to begin exploring different activities, exploring different things that people who are listing site independent um, are practicing and are working for them. And I'm going to make sure to prioritize those things in, in a way that um, I'm not overwhelmed. I don't want people who are you know, just starting out and don't even have a website yet to be getting concerned about SEO. It's like, let's first learn to crawl before we walk, and then we can learn to run. Um, so prioritizing those needs and ultimately... Um, really seizing back control of the sustainability of your business, being able to pass it along to generations. The third option, of course, if neither of those two things sound like your piece of cake, is to close up shop. And what's not worth it is to be freaking out and stressing out and going crazy over an industry shift. Um, you got into this industry in the first place because you chose it, because it was a lifestyle choice, I believe. And there's no point in having anyone force you to keep going. So I think we are going to see a lot of people who have just drawn the line. And all three of these options are entirely okay. Like I endorse each of them based on the needs of the individual. Um, but if in the end you decide that this is a little bit more than you bargained for, it was a great ride. And you move on to a new business. Or maybe you do longer term rentals or 
maybe um, you know you become a a dentist. And, and that that's interesting actually because it sort of takes me seg- segues off into. Um, a discussion I've been having with with a couple of people about selling vacation rental homes. So um, because there's nothing out there that really helps somebody who has um, an ongoing vacation rental business to to help them to sell. So, you know, that's that's a great example. I was exaggerating with dentists, but (laughs) vacation rental real estate expert, that's just as great. Yeah, absolutely. So so what's 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 the next step, Matt? For owners who are who are thinking, okay, you said to educate yourself on all the marketing solutions and choose which ones are best for your business. How? Yeah, that's a really good question. And at the end of the first ever workshop that I did online for free, um, it was about this whole listing site independence theme and why you should be aware that there are, are other options. The biggest question that keeps coming up was, okay, we, we get it. We need to be a little more independent, but how? Like, what specifically are those next steps that work? And I was not able to answer that question at the time. I didn't feel comfortable in giving any kind of de facto advice uh, simply because I didn't feel like I had enough of a grasp on, you know, all the different landscapes of what this whole thing looks like. Um, But I got to work. And over the course of the next couple months, I began building what I believe is the first framework of its kind Uh, the first archetype of its kind in the world of listing site independence or vacation rental marketing that is sustainable. Um, So I decided to share this framework uh, for free just because it seemed like a perfect time with the whole um, HomeAway acquisition in the form of an online workshop. Uh, uh, My goal is to get this framework into the hands of as many people as humanly possible so that they can make the most educated decision and there are a couple things that could come from uh, the information that you're learning inside of the workshop. One is that, yeah, I'm really excited and inspired. I'm going to go about doing this just in the same way that all the case studies that are featured in the workshop have successfully done. Um, there may very well also be some individuals who say, you know what, this stuff is a little bit over my head or a lot over my head and I'm not comfortable with it. And frankly, I have a full-time job and I don't have any time for this. Um, I'm going to decide to kind of reevaluate my options. Uh, My goal for the workshop is to make sure that, um, for the first time, owners and managers are aware of all the different stages that are necessary in listing site independence. And and again, it's it's incredibly overwhelming to tell someone who who has that knee-jerk reaction, like you mentioned, oh, you got to become listing site independent. And then they start to thinking to themselves, wait a minute, what does that even mean? Like, that means I've got to be doing all these different things. I've got to be building a website. I've got to be doing SEO, blah, 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 blah. And in reality, no one has ever built a hierarchy. No one has ever said, here's the first phase. Here is your foundation. Here are your prerequisites. Here is your growth mode. And, and to set it up so clearly that you can self-grade yourself and say, okay, I fall into phase one or I fall into phase three. And no that wherever you happen to fall on that curve, the next step is, is clear and action-based. And I think you and I, Heather, we can get overwhelmed in talking about the strategy, but what a lot of owners just want to hear right now is just give me some concrete ways that I can begin doing this. And the goal of this workshop called the Four Stages of Listing Site Independence is basically to give them that roadmap, to give them a, a little interactive checklist that allows them to grade themselves to determine where they fall on that curve 
and then to have some small bite-sized like actionable steps moving forward so that that paralysis doesn't exist. You really get the momentum going. I'm also going to be featuring actual companies that are helping those individuals, uh, the case studies, succeed. And if you know my work, Heather, I don't work with affiliates or, or commission refer- referral fees or anything like that. So all of those companies recommended are directly from the, the individual who used them and enjoyed them. And again, my goal is just to shine a little bit of light, give people a little bit of a pep talk that this is a wonderful time to begin starting your own sustainable vacation rental marketing. And my goal would be for you know, six months or a year from now to see those individuals shifting that balance from listing site bookings to direct bookings and ultimately cultivating those individuals who have either inquired or stayed at their properties so that they keep coming back year after year because we're in a really unique position. If we do that, even a smidgen of the time, we have the ability to build this database of guests that comes back pretty much 365 days of our calendar and all of a sudden your vacation rental marketing hat can take a little bit of a rest and you can focus on the stuff that really matters. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for me, actually, because I've, you know, I, I have my two properties that, that book out um, really, really well. Um, one of them in particular, um, 90% of my guests are repeats, and the other 10% are referrals from them. Occasionally, there are people who try and book in because they've, 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 they've seen it on the list, on, on the website, and sadly, they, they tend to be disappointed because it's already booked up. So, I've got very, very complacent, really complacent about marketing. You know, I, I, I just, it, it's just on my property management site. And, and if people see it and want to book, then it, it's there. But I'm relying so much on this repeat business. So here am I now moving into a completely new era, trying to sell off both my properties here, starting totally afresh in a completely new country, building an exuma. And, and I've got to start from absolute scratch. And I have to say, I'm feeling that fear. Um, and uh, so, so, you know, this, this is great. I'll be, of course, watching and listening on, on Thursday as you go through this and, and following these steps because, you know, I've, I do have a website for one of my properties, but it's, I've played at it because I've never needed it. And I think, you know, there's probably people listening to this who are going, yeah, that's just what I've been doing. You know, I've become yeah, totally. com- complacent, really complacent and, over the years. In all, in all fairness, like, you know, I know, I know a couple people who have um, had unhealthy lifestyles and who have had health um, issues. Like, like uh, my, one of my dad's friends had a heart attack and no one was expecting it, but he was severely overweight. He didn't exercise. He didn't eat right. And he survived the heart attack, and that was six years ago or something like that. But it was the wake-up call that he needed to be like, come on, Rob, like, get your act together. Like, these are not uh, good habits for, for you, for your children, uh, for all these different components of the life that you've built. And he used that as a, as a perfect wake-up call, and the guy's now doing better than ever before. And sometimes when you don't have that shock, that adversity in your business, there's no need. You're just, you are totally complacent. I'm the exact same way. Like, I don't really feel inspired to get, go and do something unless I'm kind of held to, held to the, the knife and said, Matt, either you're going to do this or your business is going to fail. And I think that adversity, that fear, that uncomfortable 
feeling that people have right now is a very, very good thing for their vacation rental business. And if you look at your business the way that you are, Heather, right now and saying, how much is my business worth to someone that I'm going to sell it to? All of these components that we're talking about all of a sudden just skyrocket the multiple, the multiple, the amount of uh, annual profit times X that you're bringing in that you can all of a sudden sell your property for. So someone who's just got listing sites can't really guarantee that they're going to be booked solid for 10 more years, whereas someone who has you know, cultivated that string of repeat guests and has got newsletters, got a website, has got a great branding and all these things, that business is worth much more. So I think it's a great way to look at your business. How can I build something that I can sell, even if you have no plans to sell it, just because it breeds that sustainability factor. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great analogy with, uh, with health, actually. Um, but it, it all comes down to that, you know, you need that kick in the butt, which is, which is of course, what happened with, um, with uh, HomeAway and Expedia. That's been a huge kick in the butt for so many people. Now, well, let's just come back to the webinar. This is published on Wednesday, the um, 9th, 10th, 11th. So the webinar's on the 12th, right? Yeah, it'll be tomorrow for those listening to this. Right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I'm going tomorrow? Tomorrow? Tomorrow. Thursday, the 12th, <laughs> 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. Um, can, we, can we get a, um, a link to it on the, um, on the show notes? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to be having um, some interactiveness about this presentation. I've got it uh, drawn up by one of my favorite graphic designers. I'm also going to have polls that are taking place during the presentation to help identify where people fit into this bigger scheme. So it's going to, I'm trying to kick my presentation uh, skill set up a notch. Excellent. Um, so, so we talked about um, blabs while we are in New Orleans. Yes, we did. We, we still, we, no, now I'm back in, in the office and I have real Wi-Fi and... Uh, we're going to be able to start um, start up these blabs, so it would be great to to get one of these going, sort of fairly soon after the webinar, so that anybody that's on the webinar that actually wants to come and ask you direct questions could do so. Yeah, I, I'm kind of looking forward to a blab now that I now that you've given me such a wonderful education on what it is. I never had even heard of it, so now I'm fully aware. And apart from a nice big question and answer session, I would love to meet up with. Is that the right ver- terminology? Lab up with, I yeah I th- I think I think the terminology is quite in its infancy. I mean I I okay. I don't actually don't like the expression blab, but so blabbing doesn't sort of doesn't give me that sort of fluffy feeling. But um but maybe we'll have to come up with something else. But uh, the, I I've mentioned it to a couple of people and and said you know who would you like to to see on a blab and and you are the number one. Um, oh, I feel honored. Number one guest. So, so we're going to set that up and it would be, um, you know, I'm going to have a ton of questions after the webinar. So, so we'll try and set something up fairly soon after that. Yeah, cool. I think it's a wonderful time to be an owner and manager, Heather. I think there is no better time to really get excited and at least committed and holding yourself accountable to newer and better things than your vacation rental property has ever done before. Because if you do it now, as that pioneer that's doing it for the first time in your niche, whether you're an owner or a manager or a vendor, whatever you are doing is so new right now. It's such prime for picking. Um, those who do take the lead right now, I think, are going to, to really make history. 
Well, we've been saying for for so many so many years that this business is is in its infancy, and I and I, I just believe now it's uh, you know def- mm-hmm. definitely in adolescence now. One hundred percent. Okay, Matt. So just before we go, how's Esperanza going? Oh, it's going wonderful. Thank you so much. We um. For those who don't know, we have a gang intervention and reintegration program here in Panama. And as you may imagine, there's a lot of ups and downs. There's times when things are going well, and there's times when things are not going well. And more often than not, we have challenges and we have things that we have to deal with that are not so fun. Uh, But right now, we are in a really wonderful spell. I just came from a meeting with our director, um, who's seen more little mini victories over the past couple of weeks than pretty much we've had in the past six months. So I think like in any business or really in any work or personal relationship, you need those little victories and that positive reinforcement to stay, to keep moving and to know that what you're doing is worthwhile. Um, and we're in one of those positive uh, threads right now. So I'm very, very honored to share that with you and be posting some new blog posts on the Esperanza blog, which if you have not read it is hilarious. It's basically a bunch of former gang members who are now changing everyone's perception of what they used to do by starting their own businesses. Um, I, I loved that. You know, we, we spent half an hour, I think, just talking about Esperanza while we were sat in that, um, sat in the bar at, in the hotel. And, and I was fascinated, um, by, by the whole concept and you, you're just doing you and, and the team just doing such an, an amazing job. We, we really love it, and we, fit, we feel like it's really working, and I would encourage any owner or manager, um, no matter how small your business is or how gigantic or how few employees or how many employees you have, um, to have some component of, of giving back to the community that is kind of feeding you in your business model. Um, I was very fortunate to be turned on to this whole world of Esperanza by my close mentor, uh, I feel like that was kind of a shift for me in understanding that there is this social component to doing business, whether you're a, a hairstylist, a vacation rental, or the biggest hotel in town. Uh, you don't need to start a gigantic foundation, but having some element of giving back to the community is something I notice about a lot of the more successful vacation rental hosts, and I think it just says a lot about their personalities in general. Um, so I would encourage anyone to kind of add that into their their weekly routines have some way of giving back to that neighborhood, whether it's a simple little donation or supporting a simple cause or suggesting your guests go and visit a certain uh, place that makes organic honey or whatever it is. Um, having that component really integrates you into the community. And I think in the end is a win-win. It gives you better value and it gives your guests a better experience as well. Yes, totally agree. And I, I came across one a while back. Um, uh, I believe it was in the outer banks and there's a, a drop-off spot at the as as people come off one of the islands, and there's a drop-off spot for uh, non-perishable, unopened foods. You know, people have been on vacation, they've flown in, they've gone out and bought loads of stuff that they haven't used. So on the way out, this company has put this this box, and that people can drop off their non-perishable um, food items that they just be either leaving behind or just throwing away, and then they go to the food bank. I love that. And, and that's, the kind of, that's the kind of initiative that even a vacation rental host could just make a little sign and put that on their, uh, you know, on their refrigerator. When you leave, if you're considering uh, leaving some stuff, feel free to just put it in this basket and we'll take it directly over to the local shelter 
or if you'd like to kick it up a notch, feel free to leave some cash and we'll hand it over directly to the shelter so they can purchase what they need. That's a simple thing. That's really thoughtful and it just, again, aligns the values of the individuals who are staying at your property with the host itself. Yeah, I think this is it's such a great topic, this. And you could, uh, you know, I, I've, I've got ideas percolating within me right now because I'm thinking of, um, you know, so many of our properties are pet friendly and, you know, people are very passionate about their pets. Yeah. And, and there are so many shelters that, uh, that could do with a little help. So an owner with a pet friendly property could just even have a, a little a box to, to collect um, or extra dog food or extra cat food. Or absolutely. Or, or, yeah. <laughs> there, there's, yeah. There's so many opportunities. It doesn't really matter what you do. But I, I just that whole, the whole idea of giving back to the community in some way, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter whether, whether it's to a homeless shelter or to a food bank or to a pet, um, you know, pet shelter, um, just something. There's, there's so much out there that, that could do with help. And you set yourself apart. Like every property on your block may have the exact same view and the exact same bedrooms. But if you're the one who's doing something spectacular for the local pet shelter, you've set yourself apart. And that's what it's all about right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's a great topic to end, end our discussion today, I think. So, well, I'm going to let you percolate. <laughs> I like to percolate. <laughs> And and having told you what I when when we were in discussion at what ridiculous time was it this morning five thirty, yeah, <laughs> I love that <laughs> I love that little Skype message. Are you up? <laughs> yes, of course and then you I said, am. Yes, and I said I knew it. <laughs> the only person on my Skype list that's up at five a.m. <laughs> and I said it was minus four degrees centigrade, um, but but it's now lovely and warm and sunny today, and I'm quite happy to be back in Ontario. Um, so I'm going to spend the rest of my day walking and percolating. Okay, well, I'm going to leave you to it. I have to apologize for any of the suboptimal noise. There's just been a ton of crazy things happening in the street today. It's, it's Patriots Weekend, or week in Panama. It's actually Patriots Month. Nothing's open all month. <laughs> uh, and it appears that the entire neighborhood has decided to begin building something right outside my office. So sorry for any kind of noise disruption. Well, well, that's okay. I would have expected to have heard lots of um, um, shots, gunfire around here because no, you no. know it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's the first two weeks of November. It's hunting season. <laughs> oh, that's true. I thought you were talking about my neighborhood. We eliminated oh, no. the gun. <laughs> no, this is this is in my area. This, you know, if I, I have to be very careful if, if I go out and take my dogs for a walk down down the road oh. down to my cottage, I've got to wear something really, really bright, or I'm going to get shot at. <laughs> Yikes! Okay, well, I guess we have similar issues. <laughs> Yeah, we just have some crazy hunters around here. Um, anyway, Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure as as ever. I shall look forward to um, being on the webinar and seeing what you have to say. And then, obviously, we'll look forward to um, blabbing. Let's blab. We will indeed. Thanks a lot. Okay, Heather, see ya. Bye. Well, that was great, Matt, as ever. I always love talking to you and... Um, get so much out of our conversations. Um, so wasn't it great to hear Matt's uh, take on the um, Expedia acquisition of HomeAway and also to talk about Airbnb. Um, I'm really so interested to to see how Airbnb are, are looking at adapting 
their processes and their systems to meet the needs of the whole home rental market. I mean, they have been renting whole, whole homes for a long time, but, um, but I think as they're moving into courting property managers in a, in a larger way, then changes will have to be made to those processes and systems because they just don't, they just don't meet the demands, not only of the property managers and of the owners, but the people that actually book with those companies. Let's go back right to the very beginning when I talked about what Brian Chesky had said about change and we must all adapt to change. But it doesn't mean we, we just blindly walk into it and blindly accept it. I think this, this whole idea of, of getting together and working towards ways of adapting, of meeting the demands of change in ways that really suit us. So we will be watching this space We'll see what, um, what Matt has to say about LSI, Listing Site Independence, and, uh, and I'll be very interested to hear what you have to say as well uh, about all these things that have been happening. So please jump in, go down to the bottom of the show notes. Uh, if you go to um, cottageblogger.com uh, forward slash VRS103, and check out the show notes. It gives the links to some of the things that Matt, uh, Matt and I have, have talked about, his previous blog posts, uh, a couple of the um, things where we talk about at the end of the episode where we talk about um, giving back. Go and check those out. Uh, and, uh, and leave your comments. I'd like to hear what, what you believe the impact of all these things is going to have on you and your business. And of course, while you're down there, if you'd like to just click on the iTunes icon and leave me a review, I would love it. And as I always say, my email is open to you, heather at cottageblogger.com. If you've got something you'd like to say directly to me, uh, please email me. I always love to hear from you. Okay, so that's it. Thank you again. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Vacation Rental Success. And I'll look forward to being with you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.